Good morning. Today's Dauphin Gittin, Ayin Vav. We're starting on Nayan Hamid Beis. We're starting today with the Mishnah. And more regarding Tanaim. Here we are in the seventh parak of the Masechta. And uh, this is the, par- the parak dedicated to uh, making conditions on top of the get. And uh, obviously, once you make a condition, so the get's only going to be chal when the condition's made. And how do you properly make a condition? So this is also the parak that we talked about, Mishpatei Tanaim. In fact, yesterday's Daf. We're introduced to, in our Masech, the Mishpatei Tanaim, all the rules in terms of how to make a valid tonight, uh, whether or not it needs to be a tonight couple or it does not need to be a tonight couple, seemingly to Machlokas amongst the Tanaim, exactly whether or not that is a basic requirement in order to make a tonight, in order for the tonight to be Chal. Now remember, this is, it's going to come up again today as well. Uh, if you don't properly make a tonight, so that means that the Chalos is going to take effect and the tonight is not going to have any bearing on it whatsoever. Meaning that if you fail on the tonight, it's not going to affect the get. The get's still going to be a good get. It just happens to be that the tonight is no longer going to be holding back the get. Uh, hold that thought. We're going to come back to that later on. In the meantime, however, let's just jump right into the Mishnah. We're going to go over other examples of what are tonight. We're in Ein Heyman base, and we're starting with the Mishnah. So. So, the, uh, so a couple of conditions are set forth by the husband to the wife in order for the get to be chal. And that is, is that the get's going to be good, but only upon you serving my father. Alternatively, only on you nursing my child. Okay, uh, is it her child as well? I, I, I'm sure that's a fair question to ask. But right now, we're just focusing on the actual tonight itself. And uh, I'm sure it's significant in terms of whether or not it's her child as well or not. If it's her child, she, or she has an obligation to nurse her own child. But anyway... Uh, the tonight is either to serve father or uh, to nurse the child. So, uh, in terms of the duration of of how long she needs to nurse, it's two years. Uh, back in the time of the Gemara nursing, the, the, the standard period of nursing was for a two-year period. In other words, from birth until the uh, two years. So, that was that was the normal expectation. So, when Rabbi Yehuda says it's going to be 18 months. Uh, okay, seemingly there is a machlokis in terms of how long is the standard length of nursing. Now, Rachmanis, if the son dies, or Rachmanis, if the father dies, so the get will be an effective get immediately. Meaning, seemingly, uh, in other words, there's a satisfaction of the Tanai. Why is there satisfaction of the Tanai? Because, in other words, basically the Tanai is understood to be meant is that you're going to be serving the father as needed. And uh, Rachmanis, if the father is no longer alive, it's no longer needed. Same thing is true regarding nursing. In other words, even though we're giving a two-year window in terms of how long you should be nursing, but really incorporating the Tanai is as needed. And if there is no longer a need, Rachmanus, the child died, so then the uh, the Tanai is considered Mekuyam. Okay. So uh, what we have right now is a Mishnah giving us a couple of examples, a couple more examples. So Mesa Beno Shaamar Haavi Afshishitim Shem Shitisham Shani Um the uh Shalo Bahakpada So Enoget. So over here now if he says to the uh if if he says to the to the wife that this is going to be get on, on, on the uh with provided that you serve for two years or provided that you nurse for two years. Now this is in contrast to the first cases of the Mishnah, the first case of the Mishnah, he did not outline duration. In the first case of the Mishnah, he just simply said, you're going to be serving, you're going to be nursing. Here, in the second half of the Mishnah, now we're giving a duration, we're giving an amount of time. It's serving and nursing for two years. Serving serving dad for two years or nursing the child for two years. So, uh, in either one of those cases where the son dies within the two years, alternatively, 
the father says, no need, meaning I'm not interested in being served. So, ain't no get. So, according to the Tanakama, the, uh, the, the get's not going to be a good get. Why? Uh, because over here, in other words, there was a, uh, there was a time uh, frame that was put into the condition. The time frame was two years. I, uh, there's no longer a need for it. But according to the Tanakama, I know there's no need for it. But at the same time, I did stipulate and I did say two years. So, in other words, we need the two years to come and go, even though services are no longer needed. And Rashid and Gamaliel Amar again. Rashid and Gamaliel says, no, that's a get. Meaning, I know the husband in, the, in these cases put in a time duration, but at the same time, however, clearly it's no longer needed. Either the father just simply rejects the service, or Rahman as the child is no longer alive. In either of those cases, it's no longer needed. The get's going to be a good get. So, Klalam Rashim and Gamlil, Kalakavashay no Haman, or is a get? And Rashim and Gamlil says, let's see if I can put this in general terms. And that is, is that as long as the condition is either satisfied or no longer needed, as long as it has nothing to do with her, so the get's going to be a good get. So over here, she's ready to serve. Just the father no longer wants it. Alternatively, she's ready to nurse. But Rahmanus, the child is no longer alive. In any of those, in any of those cases, Rabbi Shimon Gamal says, the Akava, what's holding back the service is not her, and therefore the get's going to be a good get. Okay. Uh, what we have in our mission over here is a, um, a two, two, um, Two setups in terms of a Tanai that's being formulated. In the first half of the Mishnah, uh, the Tanai is service or nursing, but without a time frame given. In the second cases of the Mishnah, service and, and or nursing with a time frame that's given. And in the case of a time frame, we have a machlokis between uh, the Tanakam, Rishim, and Gamliel. Okay. So, uh, but we're going back to the first part of the Mishnah where no time frame is given. So um, what bothers us is the following. In the mission where no time frame is given, so how long does nursing need to take place? It needs to take place for two years, according to Rabbi Yehud, 18 months. What, whatever, whatever, the, whatever the standard time for nursing is, uh, but in other words, it's, it's a good amount of time. Meanwhile, the Gemara quotes the Brisa, and the Brisa says, how long does she need to nurse in a case where no time frame is given? A day. How, need, how long does she need to serve if no time frame is given? Again, a day. So what we have over here is a steerer between the mission and the Brisa. When no time frame is given, so the mission tells us it's upwards of two years, and according to the Brisa, it's a single day. So I'm Okay. So what the Gemara now suggests and attempts to do is maybe, maybe what we could do is say that the mission and the Brisa are reflective of two different viewpoints. The missions were Shimon Gamliel and the Brisa is the Chachamim. Uh, Rashi over here is extraordinarily helpful. In fact, I'm going right to Rashi. The Mishnah is going like Rishim and Gamliel. So which Rishim and Gamliel? Not the one that we just learned in our Mishnah, but the one that we learned a couple of days ago. Right? Uh, I think we we covered it, well, or whatever. Ein Dalam and Aleph. Should be in the Daf that we covered it two days ago. Anyway, what was the uh, what was the issue back then? You'll remember. Uh, he said, I'm going to give you the divorce, but you're going to give me back my coat. And now, does she have to give back the code dafka, or can she give back the value? So, the Rishim and Gamliel says is that she doesn't have to give back the code, but rather it's value. So, and Rashi over here points out, what do you see? So, Damar Lael, Titein Ama Leharvacha Michavein, Lav Dafka Kamar. In other words, the, the husband is not meant to be taken literally. He said code, but he didn't mean code. He meant a code or its, or, or its value, its equivalent value. So 
So too over here in our Mishnah, when the Mishnah says, I need you to nurse my, my, my child, so in other words, leharvacha, meaning what I'm really looking to do is that I'm, I'm really looking to capitalize, to maximize. I want you to nurse as long as people typically nurse, which is two years. And that would be our Mishnah. Masha'enkin, according to the Bryce, the Bryce is going like the Chachamim. How is that? So according to the Chachamim, when I said coat, I mean coat and literally coat. Meaning, I'm not interested in maximizing. I want specifically the coat. Ah, you don't have a you don't have a you don't have a money substitute for it. Not interested. Rashi says, "Hachanami shimush v'anaka dafka v'yamachatzagi." So over here, I'm not looking to maximize. So when I say nurse, I mean it in the most literal sense possible. You're going to be nursing my child. You didn't give a time frame. One day's enough. You're going to be serving my father. You didn't give a time frame. One day's enough. This is Rashi's understanding of uh, the, uh, how to resolve the difference between the Mishnah and the Brisa. Okay. Certainly very interesting, right? Uh, the uh, taking the Rashim and Gamliel and the Chacham and Machlokis regarding Itz Dalis and moving it over here and using it to explain the Mishnah and the Brisa. It's definitely very interesting. It's a little bit creative and, as you can imagine, doesn't fit in so, so well. But meanwhile, that's the way Rashi presents it. Obviously, we're going to leave it like that. So the, uh, the Gemara points out it's, it's a very difficult way to resolve it, aside from the Svaris standpoint. So, Hamid is for Shimon Gamliel, Havimachal the for Shimon Gamliel. The Gemara says, look, what, what you can't do is the following. You can't say that the ratio of our Mishnah is going like Rav Shimon Gamliel because go to the end of our Mishnah. We just read it together. The end of the Mishnah is, is, is introducing Rav Shimon Gamliel, which means that the uh, first part of the Mishnah is not the Rashbag. So Ella Bryce of Rishim and Gamliel de Mekel Betanai and Masisim Rabbanan. Okay, so the Gemara is going to say, let, let's go with a, another approach, and that is as far as the Bryce is concerned. So, uh, and the Bryce obviously is much more Mekel. The Bryce is going like the Rashbag. Why? Because the Rashbag is going to be more Mekel when it comes to Tanai. He'll be more forgiving. Meaning, what does the Rashbag say? Again, we're going back to that same mission of Ein Dalid. The Rashbag says, "You don't have my coat. Eh, it's okay." Give me, its, give me its money equivalent, and that's fine. So in other words, the Rashbag is more forgiving. So too over here, when I said you're going to be nursing, you're going to be serving, and I didn't give a time frame, let's be forgiving. Yeah, how, how long? A day is fine. The child is there. The same thing about the code. Okay, look. The is there, he has to pay, give back the code. The Gemara is trying to make between, not Shalom, but the Gemara is trying to resolve the Mishnah versus the Braitha. Okay, it's an approach. And Masnis and Rabban, and the Mishnah would be the Chachamim. Meaning, what are the Chacham? The Chacham are Makbid. And I know, but by the way, the Sfars that we're arguing right now are nearly the opposite of what we argued just moments earlier. The Chacham are Makbid. When I say you're going to give me the coat, what do I want? I only want the coat. I'm not ready for anything else. When I say you're going to be nursing my child, what I mean is, even though I didn't say two years, of course I meant two years. Okay. That's the Gemara's attempt to answer. Uh, the, um, okay, so what do we have right now? We have a steer between Mishnah and Brisa. In our Mishnah, if you now stipulated nursing without giving a time frame, so our Mishra says two years. In the Brisa, you stipulate nursing without a time frame, it's one day. And again, I say nursing, also the same thing is true regarding serving dad. Either way, we either have a really long window of time, that's our Mishnah, or we only have one day in, in terms of satisfaction of the condition. And what right now in the Gemara, we have attempted to give not one but two different resolutions. We got more coming up. Rav Amar Lokasha. So, when our Mishnah was giving the example of two years, it was stop. 
he didn't give a an amount of time. So the um, and and therefore uh, when you didn't give a time, so how much how much is necessary? The, uh, how much does she need to do? The answer is as needed. In other words, what is that? Whatever is the standard, uh, the, the 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 standard amount of time that you nurse. So as far as the bright is concerned, kan b'mefarish. Over here, what did you say? You're going to be serving, you're going to be nursing for a day. Now, I know the Brysa didn't say that, but Rav says, but we're going to assume that that's what the Brysa meant. Okay, so, now within Rav's interpretation, so now we have a really easy resolution between Mishnah and Brysa, but of course, uh, however, the kicker is, is that you have to add that in the Brysa, it was, you were actually Mefarish. You, stipu- you stipulated that it was going to be a day. Um, okay, fine. And then, and then right, and then you have to wonder, Tosos does, in fact. So if, if the Bryce is talking about a, ca- a case of Mefarish, then what exactly is the Chiddush? Right. In other words, I say you're, that the get's only going to be good if you nurse for one day, and she nurses for one day, meaning I need a Bryce to teach me that? That seems to be pretty obvious. See the bottom Tosos for a, a, a discussion. Anyway, Kambistan, Kambem Mefarish. That is now going to be another resolution. If, you, if you've been keeping score, that's our third Yishuv in terms of the steer between Mishnah and Brisa. Rav Ashi Amar Kol Stam Nami Kibefarish Yom Echadame, and and uh, the, and Rav Ashi says as follows: Now, when you're so same, when you do not give a window of time, so basically what that what you're doing is you're articulating one day. Now, as Rashi points out over here, uh, now Rav Ashi is just simply arguing on Rava clearly, but Rav Ashi is not yet resolving the steer between the Mishnah and the Brisa. That's coming up in just a moment. So before the before the Gemara goes any further with Ravashi, the Gemara wants to know Ravashi, you 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 can't possibly be right. In other words, when you're so same, when you don't specify a time, so one day is satisfactory. Did you read the Mishnah? The Mishnah the Mishnah is talking about. An unspecified amount of time. And the Mishnah says two years, 18 months. Ravashi, how did you read the Mishnah? So Hachi Kamar. So the Gemara says, okay, so Ravashi will teach us how he read the Mishnah. So Yom Echad Mishnah Lafukalach Sheshanim Delo. And Yom Echad So Ravashi does have a creative way to read the Mishnah. And that is, is that look, when you're so same and you don't specify one day sufficient. I, the Mishnah says two years. Meaning that if you want to satisfy the, the Tanai, you have to nurse one day within those first two years. Meaning what the mission is just simply telling us is, is that when is it considered nursing? Nursing is the first two years. Ah, you want to satisfy the condition? It's got to be one day of those two years. So you have a two-year window, right? That's a, that's a lot. Of, that's, that's a, that's a, <laughs> I was going to say it's... Um, just trying to think which calendar to go with. I don't care. So in other words, that's over 700 days. Over 700 days. Let's leave it like that. And of those 700 days, you just need to do one of those 700 days. But you need to do it within one of those 700 days. Okay. Would that be a whole day? What if you nurse three minutes? It's a, fair, it's a fair question. I don't know. So Okay, now what we're going to do is that we're going to challenge Ravashi a second time based on the second half of the Mishnah. Because in the second half of the Mishnah, so he gave a window of time. 
Now, Bishlam al So, Reisha b'dilo parishefa b'diparish. So now, according to according to Rava, what's the difference between the Reisha and the Seifa? It's so easy. In the Reisha, no specified time. In the Seifa, specified time. So, according to Rava, that's great. So, but but Seifa, sorry, Reisha. I'm sorry. I read, I read. El Ravashi, but according to Ravashi, Maishna Reisha, Maishna Seifa. So the um, so I don't understand what's the difference between Reisha and Seifa. Meaning, according to Ravashi, what do we say? That even when it is a non-specified time, a non-specified time is going to be equal to one day. So the um, so uh, and and so so one day would be sufficient. And so in both the Reisha and the Seifa, you are not Mikhaim the Tanai, according to Ravashi Kasha. So the Gemara says Enachinam, you're right. Meaning that according to Ravashi, uh, the, the looking back at our Mishnah and trying to understand the distinction between the Reisha and the Seifa and the Mishnah, that's going to be difficult. Okay. Uh, what we have right now is basically, okay, that was the first part of today's daf, a Mishnah talking about uns- a condition set forward where it's unspecified amount of time of either serving or nursing. In the Mishnah, you, you need to do it, the woman needs to do it for two years in order to satisfy the condition. The Brysa brings down that one day is sufficient. And so what we have now is a steer between the two. And Rava gives a very simple, well, before Rava and Ravashi, the Gemara tried to say it's a machlokis tanayim, Rabbi Shimon Gamliel and the Chachamim, then, then, then a challenge in terms of which is the Rashbag and which one's the Chachamim. The Gemara tried out two different ways to say it. But then the Gemara quoted Amarayim, Rav, Rav and Ravashi. According to Rava, the resolution is really simple. Kan bistam, kan b'mefaresh. When, unspec- when not specifying, two years. When you specify, a day. When you specify a day, then it's a day. That is Rava. Ravashi, on the other hand, says no. Ravashi says that when you don't, that when you don't, when you don't give a window of time, so kol stam, so one day is going to be sufficient. Okay. And the, uh, fine. And, and then, but, but then the, the challenge is, is that how to, how to read the entire mission according to Ravashi, which the Gemara admits is a challenge. Tanarabana. We are now currently on Ayn Vava Medalif. We are about a quarter of the way down. Uh, the, uh, no, quarter of the way down. Three, uh, three lines down. Tanarabana. Okay, so according to Rabbi Mayer, so what happens where you make a condition, but you don't double the condition? You don't make it a tonight couple. So you know what happens according to Rabbi Mayer. So we learned it in yesterday's daf, and we get to review it in today's daf. And that is it. If you don't make it tonight couple, according to Rabbi Mayer, it's not a tonight. Now recall and remember, I said this at the beginning of Shir today, but again, we're seeing it now in action. According to Rameir, if you don't double the tonight, what happens? It's not that the chalos of the get goes away. The get's good get. It just happens to be that you didn't, the condition was not set forward correctly. So the condition falls away, but the get's good. So the, uh, so and according to the chachamim, there's no requirement of tonight kafal. Therefore, the tonight is in place. And therefore, if you fulfill the tonight, the get's a good get. If you don't fulfill tonight, the get's not a good get. Okay. So. What do we have over here in the Brisa? Machlokis, uh, Tanaim, whether or not you require Tanai Kafal. That part's easy, meaning we, we saw it yesterday, and today it's Chazara. Here now, in the Brisa, there's a third viewpoint. Now, I know it's funny. How could there be a third viewpoint? Either you have to be, you have to make it Tanai Kafal, or you don't. 
Well, there is a third uh, viewpoint in the price of the Rashbag. So the Rashbag makes an, makes an observation. You know, every time there's a condition set forward, set forward in the Torah, so it's, it's doubled over. Now, what's the Rashbag doing? The Gemara's, the Gemara's very question. So, so the Gemara says that some say that the Rashbag is either there to support Rameer, to support the Chachamim. Now, the first way is probably the way that you would have guessed. Certainly the way I would have guessed. So the, uh, so one, I'm sorry. So one way to understand the Rashbag is that, not that he's supporting Rav Meir, okay? Uh, but rather it's an attack on Rav Meir. How, how in the world are you attacking Rav Meir by citing that every tonight of the Torah is a tonight couple? Be, be, before, uh, before I make this point, let, let me just, I should have done this uh, a couple moments earlier. And that is every tonight in the Torah is a tonight couple. So first of all, what is he talking about? Which tonight are, are found in the Torah, the Torah is subject to tonight couple? So over here, Rashi, Rashi is very helpful. Right, the ain lanu lomo bin tanai bin egad. She ain lecha tanai bechol amikor she ain a kafel kagon. So Rashi over here cites the numerous examples in the Torah where I have a tanai, and you'll notice that it's doubled over. So number one, he quotes from Parshas Chayisara, as tinakam elasi. So Avram says to Eliezer, look, here's what you're going to do. And if you do it great, then, then you're going to be bound by my shvu, and if you don't do it, sorry. If you do everything I instructed, you will not be bound by my shvua. And if you don't do everything I instructed, you're going, to, you're going to be bound by my shvua. Okay, so in other words, both the positive and the negative, that's one. Two, says Rashi. So, im shachav, im shachav. By the sota. There too, it's the tanai kafal. Im im timanu marisam. And then, Rashi cites a third example. This one's interesting. We just read this as the Aftara. This is, well, just, a couple, a couple weeks ago. But this is Chazon Yeshayahu, the first parak Yeshayahu, uh, right? Shabbos Chazon. So the um, so uh, so over there again, it's kafel, it's doubled over, positive and negative. So Rashi cites three examples in Tanakh. Certainly interesting, by the way. In other words, Rashi is also incorporating Pesukim and Navi as well. Three examples in Tanakh where it's Tanai kafel. Okay. Anyway, so again, now let's go over. A Ramir says Tanai has to be Tanai kafel. The Chachamim say don't have to be Tanai Kafal, and the Rashbag says, well, you know, every time in the Torah it says that tonight's Tanai Kafal. So one way to say it over is the following. He's attacking Rabbi Meir. How? So now I'm going to read it again inside in the Gemara. How in the world are you attacking Rabbi Meir by noting that every time in the Torah it's Tanai Kafal? Based on the principle of Shnei Suvam Baim Ke'echad. Okay, what's the principle? If the Torah wanted to tell us that here's the rule and here's going to be the rule across the board, you only need to tell me one time. It's called a Binyanav. A Binyanav where you tell me only one time, tell me once. It, we have now set a precedent throughout Gantz Halacha, Gantz Torah, that you need to tonight Kafal. If the Torah goes out of its way to repeat itself, so you know what Shnei Suvim tells me? Ain Malamdin. If that were the rule every single time, so then why would the Torah have to go ahead and repeat itself every single time with Tanai Kafal? Tell me once and I understand. Tell me twice? Ah. 
These are no longer the rules. These are the exceptions to the rule. This is Shneik Suvim. That when I have Shneik Suvim, Ein Malamdin. Okay. So that is how, it's so interesting, that's how the Rashbag actually is attacking Rabbi Meir, noting that there's more than one occasion in the Torah where it's Tanai Kafel. Now, now, what would be the counter-argument? The counter-argument would be, you notice that every time in Tanakh, it has a Tanai, it's Tanai Kafel. So now it's an attack on the Chachamim. How can you tell me there's no requirement to Tanai Kafel? I don't know, I'm looking throughout the Torah, and every time it's the Tanai Kafel. So, um, now, what, what, you, what, what you have to do, and I'm just raising this, we're not going to do it right now, is what I don't understand. Meaning we just went over the principle of Shneik Suvim, right? Anytime you have Shneik Suvim, Ein Malamdim. What would be the counter-argument? Meaning how can the Gemara then just simply turn around and say, well, every time it says it, it says it with a Tanai Kafel, therefore it's required. What, what happened to Shneik Suvim and Ein Malamdim? Okay. So uh, the, uh, the Tosos over here uh, addresses that very briefly. Uh, but you can see the last toast is on the Amud who addresses that very point. Okay. Uriminhu. So, right now on Ayin Vav Amud Aleph. So we are going over tonight, Kafal, and whether or not it's a requirement or it's not a requirement. According to Rameir, it is. According to the Chachamim, it's not. <coughs> and the Rashbag is either supporting Rabbi Meir or the Chachamim. The Gemara says, I, could, I can go in either direction. Uriminhu, the Gemara says, and I'm going to challenge you based on the following... So in this price that we just cited so everyone's taking the opposite position. So the Gemara says, "Dereb Meir, Dereb Meir lo kasha." Hasam b'dlo kafle l'tanei hacha b'dekafle l'tanei. Okay. So as far as Dereb Meir is concerned, so the Gemara says, resolution between Dereb Meir is very simple, and that is, is that kfeila. In other words, in one case he was kofel tanai, which is required and therefore binding. In the other case, he wasn't kofel tanai. And Rabbanah, Dereban lo kasha man chachamim dacha. The Rashbag, Rabbi Shimon Gamliel, he damer kol hakavish, you know, he men or harize get. So uh, and then, as far as the Chachamim are concerned, uh, one Chachamim say that the Tanai is binding, and the other one will tell you, no, it's not binding. Why? Because as long as the as long as what's holding her back is not her, as long as it's not her fault, the Rashbag says that the Tanai now is no longer going to be binding. Okay, and and that would be the sheet of the Chachamim that say that. As long as she's offering, and and but but there's no there's no longer a need, so then the then the tonight's been fulfilled. Tan Rabbanan. Amrla b'fnei shnayim harizik gitechem nashet shamshi esabesh shanim. V'chazer v'amrla b'fnei shnayim harizik gitechem nashet tinili masayim zuz. So lo bitzol diver achron esarishan. Ratzam esham shatos ratzosah nosan lo masayim zuz. Okay, let's say he layers one condition on top of another condition. Okay, the, the husband over here now is, uh, is, is stating that the get's going to be good, and he says in front of Adem for, with one condition. Obviously, it's a verbal condition that's overlaying on top of the get. And then he adds another condition. In the first, in the first condition, so he was going with a shimush option, a service option. 
In the second condition, he goes over a money option. So how do we interpret it? So the um, so the Gemara says is that the um, the, uh, that the, the our, our interpretation of it is that it's an option. In other words, it's an either or. Either you could do this or you could do that. Either way would satisfy the condition and therefore and, and thereby render the get a valid get. However, if, however, in the second round of him stipulating and making a condition, and in the first round he said 200, and then in another set of witnesses he says 300, so now the 300 is clearly a new set of conditions. He's not, this is not a either or, 300 means I'm adding. So So the um and and you can't have a member of the first witnesses uh, pair with the member of the second witnesses in order to be mitzarif because they are it's not in either or. In other words, the second is overriding the first. Okay. Right, right. David's asking. In other words, when was the get actually issued? In other words, and, and I guess it leads to another question, which I'm not sure. And that is, is that when do you have the right and authority to stipulate and make the condition, right? Seemingly, right, what David's asking, and I would have thought the same thing as well, is that you have one opportunity to go ahead and stipulate. And that is when you actually issue the get. It certainly sounds like from our Gemara over here that there are other opportunities to go ahead and stipulate. It sounds that way, but then... I don't know, just, uh, I'm professing my ignorance, I don't know when that occasion would be. After you issued it, before you issued it, I'm unsure. Now, the, um, so on this last halacha that we just learned, uh, that you can't be mitzarif ahaya, which of the cases is going on? Ilema sefa rebato. So alaresha. So the Gemara says, so it can be going on the sefa because, meaning, uh, in the sefa, the witnesses who saw the, the issuance of the 200 of those, they're, they're, they're no longer even valid. Meaning, the 300 overrode the 200. So in other words, I can't be if witnesses from group two to group number one. The witnesses from group number one don't even exist anymore as witnesses. So the Gemara says, El Arash, it's going on the Rasha Pshita. So Kamash Malan. So the Gemara, just as a Havamina, entertains the following. Look, in the, in the ratio of the Mishnah, I have witnesses uh, witnessing the stipulation of service. I have witnesses stipulating the uh, stipulation of money. And we said that it's to be interpreted as either or. So then why would I have thought that I can go ahead and take a witness from, from, from tonight one and put it together with a witness of tonight number two, even though it's either or, those are two different conditions. The Havamina would be that the conditions are different, but when all said and done, they, it is a condition. And maybe the witnesses are just simply testifying not to what the condition actually was, but just simply that there was a condition. You could have made that argument. It's a Havamina. You could have made that argument. The Gemara says, good. That, that's a Havamina you could have made. Yeah, but that's not, but, but Lamaskana, no. In other words, the only witnesses that are acceptable are the two witnesses who saw the same condition that was articulated. Adkan that takes us to the first half of today's daf. Let's pick it up. 
Mishnah on the very bottom of Ayn Vav Amidala, very zikitech im lo basi. Mikan shoshim yom vaya holech mihuda legalil. So the um, so he says, look, here's going to be the get if I don't come within 30 days. And what he does now is he starts making the venture from Yehuda to Galil. And and he's also informing her that where he's going. In other words, they live in the south in Yehuda, and he's headed up north. He's going to go to the Galil. So um, and what it sounds like, meaning and Rashi and Rashi telegraphs, and what it sounds like right now is that. Look, here, here's my stipulation. I'm going to be heading north of the Galil, and I'm going to be there, but not not longer than 30 days. And if I'm up in the Galil, and if I'm there for longer than 30 days, gets going to be activated. Okay, it, it's a really strong assurance that he's going to be back within the month. So, um, and he la antipras. So uh, now, where does he get to? He gets to antipras. Okay, please forgive me. I don't know geographically where that's located, but I do know, however, that that's the beginning of Galil. Okay. The Chazar, and he immediately returns. So Batal Tanah. So now the Tanah is going to be Batal. Okay, uh, what the Gemara is going to do is it's going to really clarify what was exactly stipulated in the condition and why is it that he's good when he comes back. Okay, it's going to be much clearer as we get to the Gemara. Uh, the um, now he was headed from the north down to the south. Now he gets to the town of Utnaai, okay. Which again, clearly in the context of the Mishnah, I don't know where Utnaai is, but I just from context, I can. It's clear to say that it's in the south, meaning it's it's the beginning of the Yehuda section. So the uh, Chazar and he and he returns immediately. Bato Tanau. So then the uh, the Tanai is going to be Bato. Okay. So now he's explaining to her that I'm going to be leaving overseas or outside of the country. And he, what is, where does he get to? And he gets to Vigila uh, Akko. And he gets to Akko. Now, where's Akko? So here I know. <laughs> okay. okay, fine. So, the, uh, so fine. So Akko's up in the north. Okay. North of Haifa. At least modern-day Akko is, and I'm assuming that the Akko mentioned over here is the same as modern-day Akko, but I certainly don't know enough to make that definitively, but I, but we know Akko's in the north. That we know. That little we know. Vigila Akko, so then Vichazer, and he returns immediately, but tonight. So tonight's going to be Batal, even though he left the country. Uh, we're assuming that Akko's outside the country. Uh, stay tuned, we'll discuss more of that in the Gemara. So I raise again. He says that uh, if I'm if I if I disappear for more than thirty days, so then the get's going to be a valid get. He's coming, he's going, he's coming and going. And uh, but um, since he was not misyached with her, the get's going to be a good get. And the gemara is going to ask the obvious question, meaning the condition was he was going to be absent for thirty consecutive days, and he keeps showing up. So why should the get be a good get? The Gemara is going to ask that question. We're going to answer that question. Okay, a lot of things in the mission need clarification. Again, we get the we get the gist. In other words, we're here in the seventh parak and we're going over various examples of conditions that are set forth. So So the Gemara says, now where is Antipras? I also ask the same question as well. But <laughs> the Gemara knows where it is. The Gemara just wants to know regionally, is it in the Galah or is it in Yehuda? It's clearly somewhere in the border. 
right? Gullo, I'm, I'm sure everyone knows this, by the way. Gullo's north and Yehuda's south. That, that little we all know. So, so the Gemara says, So the, uh, so meanwhile, here in the Brisa, Antipras is in Yehuda, Kfar Unai is in the Galo. Uh, the, these two towns are bordering one another. And seemingly what we're describing over here is that not only these bordering towns, but they basically represent the southern border of the Galo region and the northern city of the Yehuda region. Now, if you are in some sort of strip, land strip, that is between Antipras and Kfar Unai, so basically now you're in some sort of, I'm saying this, you're like in some sort of Benesh Mashos, meaning you're in some sort of undefined area, and Megoreshes. So in, in, in such a situation... Uh, the divorce is going to be a, a valid divorce, but only, I'm sorry, Migoreshes ve'ino Migoreshes. It'll be, it'll be a case of Suffolk because it's an undefined area. So, but, but before we get to that strip in between the two towns, obviously over here, we're, we're a little bit confused. Meaning in our Mishnah, Antiparis was clearly outlined as being part of the Galil. And, and Kfar Unai was clearly outlined as being part of Yehuda. And in the Brisa, we just flipped it. Amr So the uh, so Abai says, "Here's what we're going to say: Antipras is, is is in in Yehuda, and trade tonight, Kamerle." Okay, so so we're going to go. Uh, the Brisa is telling us where everything is. Abai says, "Let's listen to the Brisa," meaning the Brisa is clearly identifying geography. Antipras is in the northern part of Yehuda. Okay, unlike what the Mishnah made it sound like. So what we're going to have to do now is we're going to go back to the Mishnah, and now we're going to say Epshat in the Mishnah. Uh, by the way, we turned the page. We're on Ein uh, Vavam and Beis. I'm sure you knew that. So trade tonight, Kamerla. So imatin lagal alter lavigita. Ah, so it, it goes like this. Um, if I make it to Galil, the get will be effective immediately. Meaning, for whatever reason, I don't know what's motivating right now. In other words, whatever I, I, I can make up, I can make up uh, scenarios. I'd rather not. He, in other words. He says to her, look, I'm not leaving Yehuda. In other words, we live in Yehuda, I'm not leaving Yehuda. I take one step into Galo, the get's going to be effective immediately. Okay, that's, that's one. And then, oh. And then, part two of my Tanai is, is that not only am I not going to take a step into Galo, but you know what? I'm going to stay in Yehuda. I won't be, I, I won't be away for more than 30 days. And if I'm away for more than 30 days, so then uh, the get's going to be a valid get, even if I don't leave Yehuda. Good. Now, now you understand. Good. So now, if he only gets as far as Antipras, meaning this is now Abai's interpretation of the Mishnah. And remember now with our updated geography, Antipras is not Galo. Antipras is the northern side of Yehuda. So he went to Antipras. So, did he step foot in Galil? The answer is no. And if he didn't linger there for more than 30 days and he, got, and he goes back to his wife within 30 days, batal tanau. Good. So then there wasn't a kiamat tanai and therefore the get's not going to be a good get. Perfect. That's how Abai's going to explain the Mishnah. And then we're going to do this again. Round two. I raise the Gita. <coughs> Sorry. 
So, uh, and, and now, here we're at the next part of the Mishnah. Now we're at the Akko section of the Mishnah. Now what it sounds like is that Akko is outside of Eretz Yisrael. So when the Chachamim would leave one another, so where, where, where would they part ways? They would escort them all the way up to Akko, and at Akko, take care, goodbye. So Mishum uh, because what you're not allowed to do is that you're not allowed to leave Eretz Yisrael, meaning living in Eretz Yisrael is a mitzvah, leaving Eretz Yisrael is, is, is an iser, and you can't do that. Aser, let's say, me arts the chutzaretz. Okay, uh, classically, famously over here, uh, the uh, Ramban, you know, the, the Ramban counts the mitzvahs of the Torah, right? I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure everyone knows. So of the 613 mitzvahs of the Torah, so one of the mitzvahs that he, is, that he does not count is living in Eretz Yisrael. This is much discussed, and we're not breaking any new ground over here. That's a uh, that's an old issue. Um, and uh, meanwhile, the Ramban argues on this very point, and the Ramban writes that living in Eretz Yisrael is in fact a mitzvah, and leaving Eretz Yisrael is in fact an avera. And you look at a gemara like we just did over here, and obviously support for the Ramban, strong support for the Ramban. Anyway, well, the Gemara is saying that, that right, in other words, the, the Gemara right now is saying is that they would walk as far as Akko, and in Akko itself, that's considered part and parcel of Eretz Yisrael. Or good, good. So that's what the, that's what the Gemara is saying. So, but meanwhile, the mission made it sound like that Akko is outside of Eretz Yisrael. So, Amr, Abai, So, once again, Abai will give a similar explanation that he, what he gave previously, and that is, is that we didn't understand the Tanai of the Mishnah. Let's go over, let's understand. There were two parts to the Tanai. Meaning, if I step outside of Eretz Yisrael, immediately, just for just one step, one, one foot outside of Eretz Yisrael, the get will be effective immediately. Additional to that, even if I don't leave Eretz Yisrael, but I stay in Eretz Yisrael, but I don't come home within 30 days, the get's going to be a good get as well. Similar as before. Good. So when he goes to Akko, do you leave Eretz Yisrael? The answer is no. And as long as he comes back within 30 days, so then the get's going to be a, uh, then the Tanai is battle, and, and the get's not going to be a good get. Okay, good. So, so far, so good. Um, all right, the, okay, let, let, let's, let's move on. How is he getech kozmanshe avor? Okay. So, uh, we're up to the last part of the Mishnah, and we're going to try to make sense of the last part of the Mishnah. Uh, our goal today is we're going to get to the upcoming Mishnah. We'll stop over there. Okay, so, uh, in the last section of the Mishnah, he says, right, uh, I'm going to be going away, but not more than 30 days. In fact, I'll give you a get. We'll make a condition. If I'm gone for more than 30 days, the get's going to be uh, an invalid get. And then the Mishnah goes on to describe where he keeps coming in and out of the house. So, uh, and, and the Mishnah goes on to say that as long as he wasn't misyached with her, the get's a good get. And that's so confusing. And the Gemara immediately picks up on that. Vahalo avar. I don't understand. The, the condition was, I'm gone for more than 30 days. He's popping in and out all the time. Why should the get be a good get? What's going on over here? So, I'm Rav Huna, my panayich tashmish. Vahamai karele panayich lishnamayanaka. Okay, so one interpretation is that the condition was not about him showing up. The condition was intimacy. It was on Tashmish Amita. 
And so uh, the um, and and as, as far as as far as just the language of the uh, uh, that's used in the Mishnah, Lishna In other words, we you know we want to we want to make the the, the Mishnah. We want to keep our our language as clean as possible. Okay, so that's one that's one possibility. So uh, so therefore, he's saying that if uh, that that if they if they don't have intimacy within thirty days, so then the get's going to be a valget. That's that's what he was saying. Uh, and and the um, okay. That's one way to interpret the Mishnah. So Rav Yochanan says, no, that's not the way to understand the Mishnah. The way to understand the Mishnah is that Panecha means literally Panecha meaning, in other words, he just, they see each other in the most literal sense. Okay. And, and what, what all the Mishnah means is the following. I'm not going to be absent for more than 30 days, right? In other words, I'm giving you the get, I'm issuing you the get, and on the condition that if I'm gone for more than 30 days, the get will be activated. Okay, now, he goes in and out of the house, right? In other words, he goes for a week, he pops back in. He goes for a week, he pops back in. Did, did he satisfy the condition? The answer, of course, is no. The condition was is that he was going to be gone for, more, for 30 consecutive days, okay? So in that regard, so the condition has not been satisfied. But that's not the point the Mishnah is making. The point the Mishnah is making is, have you nullified the get? Meaning, is the get still locked and loaded? And the answer is yes. What disqualifies a get? What disqualifies a get is if they're intimate with one another. Remember, we've discussed this point numerous times. If you issue a get and then the husband and wife are intimate with one another... That is a DQ. That's a disqualification. They get the get now is rendered a get yashan, and 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 the get's no longer good. So the only point the Mishnah is making is is that just stopping in and saying hello is not a disqualification of the get. That's the point the Mishnah is making. And Tanya Kavase the Rabbi Yochanan and the Gemara says not only is this a pshat in the Mishnah, we have a brisa supporting this pshat. So the Bryce says it like Rav Yochanan. So the Gemara says, well, I don't understand. Meaning, if he's going back home and he's stopping in the house, so why aren't we concerned? Meaning... I understand the point the Mishnah is making, but now I don't understand why the Mishnah is making that point. He's coming home, it's his wife, they're married, and now you're telling me don't worry that they had Yichud? Why, why wouldn't we worry about that? So, now, so the, uh, so the, uh, well, we're gonna have to add another point to the Mishnah as well, and that is, is that we're talking about that when he made the Tanai, he says, In other words, I'm giving her full credibility. Meaning that normally, under normal circumstances, so when husband and wife are together and they're misyachid and they're, and, and they're, and they're secluded, so we're going to assume that they had, that they had Bia. But over here, he is issuing to her not only the Tanai, but he's also giving her full credibility. And, and it's interesting. In other words, generally speaking, in halacha, you can't, Give somebody credibility. But vis-a-vis the satisfaction of the condition, you can do that. You can say that here's the condition standing forth, and I'm, I'm also handing over to you full credibility. 
So that when you say that the condition has been set forth and actually met, I'm not, I, I waive any ability to dispute your version of the story. Okay. Just an interesting detail. Um, now what some people do is that, uh, some people learn it, uh, not on the, uh, on the, on the Mishnah. So the uh, so on the Mishnah, uh, the Mishnah is coming up later on, right? Uh, in fact, later on, upcoming Mishnah. So uh, if I don't come within twelve months, the get's going to be a good get, and he dies within those twelve, 12 months, and and the and the get's been activated. And the Gemara wants to know. Well, I don't understand. Maybe there was some sort of reconciliation in that period of time. Maybe they were secluded with one another. Maybe they were intimate with one another, uh, thereby disqualifying the get. Once again, we're talking about a case where not only did he state the condition, but he handed over credibility to her as well. Now, if you're learning uh, the this idea, this answer of Rabbah, handing over credibility, if you're learning on the Mishnah, Certainly would be true on, in the case of the Brisa as well. Uh, the case of the Brisa, so the, um, the, um, yeah, in the case of the Brisa is, uh, is slightly more obvious because we know they're in town together. But But if you're learning on the Brisa, I wouldn't necessarily say that by the Mishnah because in the case of the Mishnah, he never actually came back. And therefore it would be a bigger Chiddush on the Mishnah over that of the Brisa. Ad Khan, we're going to pause over here. Okay. Uh, today's daf, uh, really straightforward and, uh, just numerous examples of, uh, of Tanaim, uh, of Tanaim that were issued. Uh, we talked about, uh, Tanaim that, that includes service, both servicing father or servicing the baby. And, and, and that of, and that of nursing the baby. Uh, what if you were, what if you were Sosim? What if you were Mefaresh? Um, the, um, and, uh, we went over numerous cases on the first half of today's daf. And the second half of today's daf, again, more of the same condition set forth in terms of I'm going. I'm, uh, I, I, I'm gonna commit myself to be within a certain boundary. I'm gonna commit myself to coming in back, back within a certain period of time. Okay. And the stipulation of where those boundaries are and what the time period is. And if he comes back within, with, with, if he doesn't leave the boundary, and if it comes back within a certain time, so then tonight bato, then the get's going to be, and the get's not going to be a good get. Okay, that's a that's a very broad outline in terms of today's daf. Obviously, the remainder of today's daf is all the details. Thank you.